0: Hey, this is Gerd Handel and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics, so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I'm so grateful to share with you somebody who is helping people to own their inner wisdom and live with purpose. Kerry Hummingbird is a medicine woman, mother and mentor, and she's the founder of Inner Medicine Training, a mystery school. She is the author of Inner Medicine: Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. Hi Kerry, I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Bless you. I just want to go back to the beginning of your story for the listeners. So what was your life like before you became a medicine woman?
1: I was a budding artist and um, had a 20-year career in technical writing in Silicon Valley. So I was straddling that line wow. between you know, highly technical and scientific and precise and um, kind of boring (laughs) and uh and then the artistic expression and my heart's desire and my my desire to be successful as a professional artist and so in in many ways they call that the eagle and the condor you know the mind and the heart that this is a prophecy of the eagle and the condor flying in the sky together at this time in in the world and definitely my life exemplified that because i was um, had this you know really um strong intellect and this technology and this um you know very uh, rational hard brained you know razor logic. and then I had this very soft heart focused um creative expression, this innocence, this imagination. and I was grappling with those worlds even before I realized that was what was going on. Wow,
0: wow. And what was like the turning point for you to say like enough is enough. I'm ready to just go find myself and, and yeah, take my power back as a medicine woman.
1: Yeah. I really feel like it's the pressure cooker, you know, so we (laughs) all have that backstop. We reach that place where it's just like, okay, I can't tolerate this anymore. This is too much. And I need to, (laughs) you know, I'm catalyzed out of my little spot. And for me, that was, you know, 20 years in high tech and 20 year relationship that was um, formed in that environment that didn't really understand creativity or innocence or, um, soul or heart, um, calling or passion or law of attraction or any of that, Thought the whole thing was just ridiculous. And there was also like this coinciding, um, mm, feeling of, of disrespect for my mother instinct because I became Mm -hmm. a mother, um, about 10 years into that relationship. And there was just like this disrespect for what I just knew in my bones. And what I knew in my bones seemed to be related to my art and my heart, you know. Ooh. So there was just this um this disrespect for that. And all of that reached his head and and I was realizing that I could no longer play the role of the trophy wife. I could no longer play the role of the um, You know the the tiny little mama with her you know little bikini on and just and deferring to everything the husband said and all of this kind of stuff that i was putting myself through um you know this sort of like imagination we we were all like really into the barbie movie right now right so like barbie mother and i i just i couldn't i was busting at the seams like that was not working for me and there was many things i was seeing that i didn't like and i needed to speak up and so yeah the perfect storm it all kind of came together and i realized and and at the bottom of my barrel and suicidal ideation that I was either going to stay in that restrictive, um, condemning space and give up on my heart and my, and my art and my dreams and my, and my mother's knowing and leave my kids without a mother, or I was going to leave and Mm. start over. And it's nothing really to do with him. I mean, I don't blame him for any of this, but it's like, I was not being who I needed to be in that relationship and it got to this crisis point where I had to really decide who I was going to be and I chose me. Mm.
0: I totally understand what you're saying a lot of women are like that like we've grown up with these ideas that this is how we need to be in society how a woman should act and behave and how she should be in her family and it's not always the guy's fault but it's also not our fault because We didn't know anything better, but it's like once that kind of veil is like lifted, it's like you can't see anything. Like not 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 the word can't see anything, but like you just can't like follow that 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 way anymore. Like enough is enough, and you have no choice but to kind of allow yourself to be free, or you can restrict yourself. And I totally understand what you're saying. Like I remember when I was like, you know, had my awakening. It was like whoa, like this is reality. Like this is what I've been dealing with in a relationship. Oh no, this is so wrong (laughs) on so many levels. Um, And I also understand with yourself as well, like when I had my awakening, like it was back over 11 years ago, like I got to the lowest point of my life and it was me running out of the hospital, being misdiagnosed with a cancer and cancer scare. And, um, I remember hearing it's time to heal and that was it. I had no choice, but to just move forward. And it's so powerful when these situations happen. It's awful at the time, but it really is the catalyst for growth.
1: It is. And the deep, dark shadows, um, you find yourself behaving in ways that you never would have imagined you would behave. And you wonder, is this me? (laughs) And, and I also think that that sort of dark shadow takes us over to get us to see like, this is the, this is where this path is going. This is the trajectory. Is this what you want? Is this really who you are? And we get to ask those big questions and make those answers that are life-changing. And it's a really... You know uh, one of my teachers alberto vialdo talks about the momentum tunnel and how our lives become this momentum tunnel of probabilities you know it's like any change we make is so small that it's just more probable we're just gonna have more of the same just like in different variations but we've reached this point where it's no longer reaching for the probabilities we've got to step outside that momentum and we've got to take that hard right turn and completely change everything and that is what creates a potentiality. That's what opens the door to your soul, to your spirit, to that soul-guided life, that heart-guided experience of life, that divine life. And when you take that road, you you start that mystery journey, and I call it taking the leap of faith. And, and, and then you sit on the journey of, of releasing everything you thought you were, that great departure from everything you thought you were, and mm-hmm. releasing the story of you, the identity even of you. Because that's the only way to become the hollow bone, which is where all the mystery happens. You know, all the great stuff in life happens when you're free from um, identity, when you're free from expectation and when you can just show up present, you know, every moment and paying attention to what's happening and and asking yourself really deep questions like is this really for the highest and best or is this really who I want to be? fearlessly deconditioning yourself and a lot of people are in that spot or at the beginning of that spot right now and it's a scary spot to be because you do see that you are going to have to take a leap of faith there's no um there's no easy path out of there it really is a radical change
0: mm. it's so true gosh yeah just listening to you reminded me of my own journey <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> you just have to tear everything down to rebuild but it's the most powerful magical heartbreaking I, it's, it's like it's like a mesh of both isn't it heartbreaking but also powerful and loving but also hurtful but then when you actually get to the end it's like so magical
1: and you do have to make sacrifices you know you have to sacrifice your comfort you have to sacrifice the dream that you thought you were building mm. and and when you walk away from that dream is heart-wrenching your heart just wants to bust apart I had to walk away from that twenty-year relationship. I had to walk away from the, the the art studio that I finally had. We had built oh. me a brand new art studio, and I was gonna have art gatherings in there and all of this wow. career that I was gonna have. And I I got to the end of that barrel, and I said, "Okay, that's just like the shiny object, but actually, that is gonna kill me. I need to leave."
0: Wow. I just want to say, I'm so proud of you because it takes a lot of courage to just get up and leave and really come back home to yourself in a world that doesn't understand that women can just be themselves
1: <laughs> yeah and and what what is it that we are you know I feel like a lot of the stories about who we need to be are stereotypical, like, I mean, that's why Barbie movie is so perfect right now, because it's actually revealing like for a lot of people with a paradigms that they're living in that are so part of the backdrop that you don't even realize that it's a paradigm. Mm-hmm. And when you start to wake up to it, I started waking up to it. You said in, you were waking up 11 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago, 2011 is when I left that marriage. And then wow. 2012 was when I really started studying with some teachers that, um, of Toltec wisdom that started sharing the four agreements with me and, and telling me that my mind had been domesticated to be a certain way. And and I could start instantly to start to see the truth of that. Like, yes, I have been conditioned. Oh, my goodness. And and I started off with a really good education. I went to Smith College, which is a really good women's college in the United States. And and, you know, I was it was a feminine college, feminist college. So I I thought I knew all that, but it creeps in and it takes you over if you're not mindful. Um, of charting your own course. And so when you really start to go down this rabbit hole of, gosh, how have I been domesticated to be? And what's actually authentic for me? It's a very challenging path, but it's the path of liberation. It's the path of sovereignty. And so, of course, those great gifts are not free. They require your sacrifice. They require your dedication and your devotion in order to manifest those potentials that are that are the highest and best that you can possibly bring into being and and along the way of there is going to be lots of tests of faith and (laughs) moments where you think you're absolutely crazy because everybody's telling you you are but (laughs) there's something inside your heart that says no i know i'm walking towards something very intensely meaningful and fulfilling and enriching for me and along the way of that there is this darkness that i'm walking through and i and i can't explain to you why i'm so convinced i need to walk through it
0: Mm, i i relate I relate. Everyone thought I was going crazy when I had my like awakening and they were like, oh, my God, something's wrong with you. And I was like, no, there's so much right about me. I can see clearly now. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's it's so fascinating. Um, But can you explain to us about the mother goddess?
1: Yeah. So the what's awakening on the planet right now, or, as you know, as many people know, or I was starting to see is this divine, feminine, deep, energetic and so it's not necessarily about what body you're in however if you are in a female body then you are going to feel it in a more precious way i i feel this mother energy this feminine divine feminine goddess mother energy and this is really in my um inquiry over the last 11 12 years is the awakening of the realization that we are on this conscious planet she's not asleep she's awake and we are made of her and as she wakes us up to that fact that our hearts open our bodies open these different perceptions open this awareness beyond our mind opens up and we can enter this communion with the divine through this planet and that is what I call the mother goddess it's mother earth is a goddess and we are on her and she's called Gaia. She's called Pachamama. She's called Madre, you know, so, so many wor- names around the whole planet for this being that is so unconditionally loving and giving that keeps us alive. That gives us this opportunity of having a physical experience, a tangible experience of ourselves as divine. And it's amazing when you start to wake up to this consciousness that she is in every single atom, every cell, and every space in between of our being, and she is talking to us all the time. And when we listen, we can be guided. Mm. I remember um, during the pandemic, right at the beginning, right before it even happened, we were supposed to go on a pilgrimage down to Mexico to study with some of our indigenous teachers. And our teachers, um, in the United States that work with these uh, indigenous teachers, they canceled the trip. But my husband and I were like, no, we have to go. We have to go. It's just we feel a call like there is just such a strong pull, even though there was fear, there was like, no, we need to go. And we went down to Mexico and we ended up staying in Teotihuacan, a um, beautiful place run by some uh, Toltec wisdom keepers. And when we were down there, there was this labyrinth on the property Mm-hmm. And I was called to walk the labyrinth and it's, and there were a lot of red ants on the ground and the, the owner of the facility said, you know, be careful. Like if one of those red ants bites you, you're going to feel it all the way up your legs, you know, all the way. It's not, going to be simple. And, and I heard what he said, but I also heard the call in my body
0: mm-hmm. that
1: you're going to walk just barefoot. You're going to walk around this labyrinth barefoot <sighs> with these ants all over the place and you're going to be okay. And (laughs) I know you can just picture me walking, praying at the entrance and taking the first step, breathing, and then one foot hovering while the ants clear, placing the foot on the ground, next foot lifted, hovering, patiently waiting, placing it on the ground. It's like this listening was happening And I made it all the way into the center and all the way back out without any, any bites. And I realized,
0: wow,
1: this is her showing me that I'm going to be safe through this pandemic. Like, although everyone else is going to be afraid and although there'll apparently be dangers around every corner and some people will experience those, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I didn't, I mean, I didn't even get the virus until the very end. Like I think it was 2022 in January. And before I, I had it and it lasted a couple of weeks and it was gone. And it was only because I said, just give me this thing, dang it. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to take some vaccine, so just give it to me. And and I got it within a day, so.
0: <laughs> you manifested it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> developed the antibodies and was fine, you know. So it's it's kind of how you're looking at life. And this is the medicine way. Mm. You were asking me about, you know, being a medicine woman. It says shift in consciousness mm. from... She- you know, this idea of Western medicine and the logical brain and all of that into the heart, into the body and the knowing that this planet is guiding us.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting what you're saying, because you're right. So many people around me were so afraid of COVID, but I was the opposite. And with my ex-partner at the time, and we were just like, we'll be fine. And everyone was panicking. I never got the vaccine done. Um, and everyone was just like, what are you doing? And I had a health condition at that point. So I was like, I'm not going to damage my body by putting something that I don't know would affect me so i was just trying to be super clean eating and being conscious and i didn't find it as hard as many other people but i think because you and i have both done our inner work for so long we were so used to peace and having time to ourselves. whereas a lot of people that was the first time they had to meet themselves that was the first time that they actually realized that they needed to work on themselves and do therapy or do healing or do the you know work on themselves from within um and same, I didn't catch COVID until the beginning of the show. I managed to survive until January. <laughs>
1: <I was laughs> yeah, like, it's, it. funny. it's funny when that happens. And, you know, and even with the, the getting of it, you know, for me, it was a spiritual inquiry. It was like, okay, I got this. What is the experience of it? And, mm. you know what is it like to have this kind of altered reality? Because it does produce that kind of weird altered reality sense. And also like, what is this with my breath that what's in my lungs that need releasing and what's in my throat that needs attention. And, and I need to rest right now. I need to take care of myself. I need to go within. And, and so for me, it was that, it was the inquiry of what is, what is this asking of me and my body?
0: Hmm. and I
1: had been really charging into the new year in 2022, and I was going to like have the best year ever in my business, and I was just plunging into the year, and then I got this virus um, because I asked for it, and all (laughs) of a sudden, everything went slow, and I remember it was a year of great humbling for me, like the entire year was all this humbling, and I ended up, Um, at the Holy Mountain in June in Ausangate in Peru, basically realizing that if I didn't work with others, if I didn't stop being a Lone Ranger, I was not going to fulfill my mandate. I wasn't going to fulfill my sole purpose and that I needed to learn how to lean on others. I needed to learn how to let them in, how to ask for help, how to not just be the one that gives help, but the one that receives help. Mm-hmm. And the one that leans on the arms of the men, because I was needing to have one guy on one side and the other guy on another side just to make it through the holy mountain and back down again. It was quite humbling after having run, you know, a dozen half marathons and marathons to be in that spot was like, wow, okay, I do need support from the masculine. I do need to be able to receive that. And we're not going to be able to do it alone. This isn't a one person gig. There's no like savior this time. There's no Jesus to come down from the clouds and save us. Although I, I, I'm sorry to disappoint everyone who thinks there is, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to happen this time. It's really about accountability. It's about every single soul deciding to be accountable for how we're treating this planet and how we're treating our bodies and our, mm-hmm. and our relations all of our relations and, and stepping into accountability for that and being the choice that this is where the buck stops. I'm no longer going to be in my victim consciousness. I'm going to step into being a sovereign co-creator and I'm going to fulfill the prophecy of being a caretaker for this earth and all of its creations, because that's who we were meant to be. And we got a little lost inside of our own self delusions and obsessions and our own human drama. And now it's time to come out of that and really wake up. And there's a lot of things supporting us in that that transformation. But that's that's really where we're at now. We need to stop being Lone Rangers. We need to come in back into community, back into tribe. Like you said, a lot of people had been in all these communities and been in all these uh, at work and been in um, the outer world and focused there and then had to go within. And we're, we're challenged by that and after a certain period of that you got to go back out and that's where people are now it's like okay go back out but in a different way don't do it the same way as before because we're not we're not the same people we're not this isn't the same planet are we've changed and we need to allow ourselves to be different coming back out into tribe together in a new way in a new way of connection in a new more conscious way of interacting with the planet and new systems new structures new um, schedules even, and new expectations and maybe no expectations, maybe letting those go and seeing what unfolds every day. This is where we're at. And we're in the middle of that process. And at the beginning part, of course, everyone's trying to put it back to normal the way it was before, but we're going to soon find out that's not possible. So we're going to need to adapt and evolve or die. And that's the conversation I really have been having out there in the world is. What's your choice? Do you want to be here on the planet? Do you want future generations to survive? Um, if if you do want that, that requires diplomacy, that requires change, evolution, transformation, that involves um, being coming from a new consciousness. And if you don't, then we can continue fighting, you know, and disagreeing with each other. And while well, the dominoes fall of the fifth extinction, and we can just become in unity when we all die. So, you know, which one do you want? I'd like to be when we're, you know, alive. And we have descendants on the planet and and we've, we have life, wildlife and plants and jungles and oceans that are clean. I'd like it to be like that. But that requires us to come together and all of us to do the work.
0: Mm. So fascinating what you're saying. It's so true. Nothing will be the same again. Because I guess you're right. Like, yeah, we had to go like within even more on a deeper level during COVID. But now it is, it's finding a new way of being where we don't have to be rushing so quickly. We can balance ourselves with the feminine flow and actually create more magic in communities than ever before. But I think before everybody was like rushing and it was always nonstop and nobody actually took time to actually reflect where I think is what COVID did is it, it kind of shifted that and made people go within, but then also how do they want to be and who do they want to be moving forward? I don't know. It's just fascinating with what you're saying.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of unresolved questions and people are, some people are going, you know, back into the busy life and I see it. And I, especially, I don't usually drive that many places. And if I go on the freeway around Austin here, I'll see people driving like complete maniacs. Like, it's just (laughs) like, wow, you're in such a hurry. And I'm reminded of myself, like younger, in my younger years, because I was also very frantic and patient and trying to get everywhere fast and get out of my way and and I thought, okay, well that that to me is also a sign that we're gonna hit a wall again. And because hitting that wall like we did with COVID is necessary. We have to hit the wall. And when we hit the wall, we get to make another deeper level decision. Because you know, these decisions, these choosing the potential instead of the probability, it it takes some repeated wall hitting. <laughs> to decide that and so collectively i predict we're gonna hit some more walls before we really decide okay yeah the probabilities aren't working out for us we have to go into radical transformation as a collective and head into those potentialities instead and there's a lot of things happening on the planet i'll mention one thing but there's a lot of ways that nature is conspiring to help us Make those choices. One of them that happened a couple weeks ago, or last week, I think, was um, there was an incident in outside off the coast in Australia where a pod of whales literally formed a heart in the ocean Mm -hmm. before flinging themselves onto the shore and committing suicide. Mm -hmm. Now this is waking us up. These these animals, these conscious beings in the water, and they are arguably smarter than humans are. Mm -hmm telling us this is not sustainable and we're going to show you it's not sustainable by taking this loving action to wake you up by giving Ooh. ourselves sacrificing ourselves to wake you up yeah it's
0: so it's so fascinating isn't it mother nature is always showing us even like with the fires the forest fires um, the tsunamis and everything it's always a sign isn't it that we're not taking care of mother nature and things need to shift
1: We need to get in harmony with her. And this is the mother goddess conversation. We need to listen to Gaia, but we need to give ourselves space to do that. Listening doesn't happen in one, two, three. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nice when we set aside 10 minutes to meditate. I was like, you know, and that's a good step, right? So I want to celebrate anybody who's like at that place where I can set aside 10 minutes to meditate during the day. And that's all I can do right now, but I'm doing it. Awesome. Great. And the deep insights happen when you can give yourself a space to drop in that's more like a few hours you know and when we do that in medicine journey over the course of a whole evening this is why it's so transformational and healing that why many people are going to plant medicine journey i believe is because the plant helps people relax enough to drop in but the Mm -hmm. plant The plant is facilitating a healing space and is helping. But what's actually doing the healing is your own consciousness from dropping in that long into yourself. That's what's doing the healing. It's you being with you that's doing the healing, that's awakening you. It's The plant is just helping get you to the door and help you walk through it. But you're actually the medicine. You're the one that's doing it. That's why my work is called Inner Medicine you're the medicine the plant is simply helping you get out of the way of your chattering mind and your sense of responsibility and self-importance and i have to rush and hurry and do all this because i'm required and all of that conditioning to get you to drop in and get quiet and still and present enough with yourself that these deep foundational inner shifts can happen that change your potentials not keeping you in probabilities but changing the potentials something new to happen and that's on an individual basis and we need to do that collectively and we're not right now we're trying to put it back the way it was and go about our business and of survival but we need to actually move out of survival into thriving and thriving takes stopping thriving takes going within to the deep roots of your consciousness where all the patterns began so that you can untangle some of those things and loosen up some energy for things to go in a whole different way. And we need things to go in a whole different way right now.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you're saying it's so true, like the ways, the old ways are no longer working and we must It's almost like we need to go back to, I don't know if you feel this, you know, like when we were growing up where everything was, okay, it was chaotic, but it wasn't chaotic as it is now. And there was no technology, well, there was technology, but there was no internet at that point. Um, We spent more time in nature. We played out with other people. We had a community. It feels like we need to come back to that, but in a newer way.
1: And it's true. Yes. And this is why a lot of people are called by indigenous teachings, Because if you go to the jungle, as many people are going to the jungle in Peru or Brazil or um, what you're finding is that you're around people who what they, their their day looks kind of like sitting around a lot. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what they do. They're sitting around a lot. They're not lazy. They're sitting around because they're listening and they're being present. And when you're that present, nature actually speaks to you and you're quiet enough to hear it because your mind doesn't have a rock concert going on. You're still, and so you, you know, it's just like if you were at a rock concert and somebody whispered in your ear, you could not hear that person at yeah. a rock concert. Right. And that's what most people got a rock concert going on in their heads and and nature is trying to whisper to them and they don't even know there's something whispering to them. They might feel a little like chill on the side of their head, but that's all they have. (laughs) uh, So we have to (laughs) slow down and get quiet enough that we can hear those nuances. So the reason it's so relaxing to go to the jungle is because the, the lifestyle is very different. They're sitting around or they're paying attention or listening. And up in the andes mountains as well they're just kind of sitting there listening watching the signs listening to the mountain and whenever i do that whenever i bring myself let's say i go with a float pod and i'll float for two hours two and a half hours straight and just float there in the sensory deprivation tank these insights come that are profound that do lead me in a right hand turn direction it requires that slowing way down in order to get to the place that I can challenge my assumptions or that some new idea comes in and that would that potential and I wouldn't automatically reject it because it doesn't fit my paradigm in my mind. And that's kind of where we need people to be is in that new space. And in order to do that, it's a big ask. It's like let go of your fear of survival, you know. Let go <laughs> of your fear of not being there, you know, being judged for not being there at every single performance of your kids' stuff and every single moment that they want you there. Be confront your fear of failing, you know. Um, confront your fear of being fired because you took the day off for self care. <laughs> All of these things, like it's a lot we're asking. But that is the sacrifice I was talking about. It's just mm. as big, if not bigger, than my sacrifice at my art studio. You have to sacrifice something really big and important to you in order to get into this other territory where you say, you know what, I'm going to live according to new potentials, not the same probabilities. The probability lines are leading to the fifth extinction. Let's just be real. That's where it's leading. So the potentials is what we want. We want those outlying potentials. We want the potentials that are going to lead us to a whole new reality. And collectively, that's what we need.
0: It's just so fascinating what you're saying because everything makes sense to me now. Um, it's almost like for me, it's that it's not sacrifice, but it's like a, a death happening, like the death of the old you to make way for the new you like the old you is society's view and the new you is the inner you um but yeah like when I was growing up I used to go into the woodlands as a child and I'd be like oh like fascinated but obviously back then I was in my mind a lot and I, I didn't obviously hear the whispers but over the years now when I go into mother nature now and um, especially go like every day now I will touch the hand of a tree and the tree will give me medicine and it will tell me what I need and I'm like, "Whoa, and in the beginning, I used to think this is just this is weird, like what is this now I'm like, no, it's it's nature talking to me and giving me answers and reminding me of who I am and what I'm here to do and it's so amazing when you do slow down and start to connect with nature on on that level. it's like nothing else it matters. It's about you being present with nature,
1: and it's yeah, it's amazing when it happens. And it does require a big sacrifice because the more you walk this path of awakening, the more you transition from your idea of yourself as separate and distinct and alone and able to survive without anybody else and, you know, the Lone Ranger to a cell in human, a cell in the body of mother earth, really a cell in the body of mother earth. When you really get to this place of realizing you're a cell in the body of mother earth, the decisions you make about your life and through the course of your day are really different decisions. Mm -hmm. Because when you realize I'm a cell in the body of mother earth, the question then is, how do I be healthy today for mother earth? How do I be healthy in myself? How do I spread health? How do I support other cells, like be that white cell supporting other cells to be healthy on mother earth? And it's not so much about deadlines and goals and you know status and how many likes you got on Instagram. And <laughs> it's a totally different perspective, yeah? And if the, if how many likes you got on Instagram comes across your mind, it's kind of like, how many cells did I reach with this message today? How many people did I bring back to the remembrance of themselves as part of Mother Earth? It's a very different perspective.
0: Yeah, wow. Um, can you tell us about your book, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound?
1: Yes. That book I started... Um, On the heels of some success with the second wave book, Transcending the Human Drama, which I channeled in 2019, right before the whole thing hit the fan, you know, (laughs) and and I had never channeled a book before. So I was like, wow, I'm going to channel this text. Okay, cool. I don't know what the second wave is. What is that? So that book has been really very popular. And right on the heels of that, they said, okay, you're done with that now. My guidance was Now you're going to write this other book. I said, what's it called? Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. Oh, that sounds really heavy and deep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dang it. So, and at the time, my mom and I, coincidentally or not, synchronistically, (laughs) were in um, a separation of our relationship because my dad had passed away and my dad had Mm -hmm. my stepdad for most of my life. And my mom had been, had just such a beautiful love relationship and he passed away in 2017. And then my whole family fell apart because Mm. he was that unconditional rock of love. And we were not as skilled at love as him. (laughs) He was much better at it than we were. (laughs) And as it turns out, and we, we got to witness that without his presence, that there was a lot of stuff going on that wouldn't have happened if he was around. Mm and so my mom and i always had used him as a bridge and we didn't know how to talk to each other or be with each other without all this crazy feminine antagonism Mm -hmm. and so we i got the message i said okay I, i understand exactly why i'm being asked to write this book so let me go ahead and write the book and it was a healing book so over the course of three years i did medicine journey I did heal- traumatic healing. I did daily practice, inquiry, writing, and just really took a deep dive into the mother wound and did a whole bunch of healing on it. And then the book shares what I learned about it. And, you know, I did the book without really speaking with my mom at all for that whole time and not knowing if it was gonna heal our relationship or not. I had to do it for myself. And so I had this, you know, this imposter syndrome of I'm going to put this book out and my relationship with my mom is not healed and that's going to look fake. And like, why would anybody go through the problem of doing all of this deep, painful work and you're not even going to get, you know, a good relationship with your mom? Like, why even bother to do all this? And it's going to be ridiculous because, you know, I'm going to look like such a such a fake. I had to face all that, too. (laughs) And I sent her the book. I said, well, here's the book. I sent it to her about three months before it went live. And I said, you have plenty of time to look at it. I'm not promising to change anything, but you are you can look at it and, and you can see what I'm putting out there. And this was um, around about the fall of 20, I think 2020, yeah, because it published in January 21. And right before Christmas, like about a week before Christmas, my mom reached out and she said, I'm wiping the, the slate clear. I'd like to um, have some lunch with you before Christmas oh. and we're going to bring the boys, my sons. And we all got together and we we healed it. We just said, this is it. We're forgiving this. The slate is swiped clear. All the past no longer matters. And we're stepping forward in a new relationship in a new way. And as the matriarch of this family, my mom said, I'm, this is done. Everyone is coming back into forgiveness. <laughs> And it was such a great gift to have before I published the book and I, and it, and it's a great gift I have every single week because I get together with her every Sunday for brunch and I can finally talk to my mom. It can have conversations about any, there's no subject off limits anymore. There used to be all these off limit subjects, you know, like we could only talk about this. (laughs) I could talk about my nails and my pedicure and the weather and that's it, you know, (laughs) anything else is going to start a fight. And now it's like, we talk about deep stuff, really deep topics. We talk about the end of the world. We talk about, you know, religion. We talk about the boys. We talk about mental illness. We talk about, my mom is watching Ren, you know, like, hi, Ren is great. (laughs) My mom is watching Ren. My mom loves Posty. Like, I'm getting to see, like, how fantastic, and it's bringing up tears, but, like, how absolutely fantastic my mom is. And how absolutely fortunate I've been to have this wonderful coyote teacher as my mother to help me be strong in myself and wise and trust my own heart and speak my truth. And how wonderful it is to finally be seen by her as a woman who knows my truth. And to just be women together, knowing our own truth and sharing it is such a blessing. So I just, okay. anybody who's touched by that, I really, I welcome you to it. Uh, it's, it's hard work. I'm not going to say it's easy, it's not. But boy, it's worth it.
0: Hmm. I agree. I agree. It, it shifts a lot. I think you finally get to meet each other where you were meant to be with one another. I think so many times, again, society, cultural upbringing, our ancestors, all of that can play a role in how we think things need to be with family members. But actually, it's just about meeting one another with love and compassion and everything else is minor.
1: Yeah, we argue over really ridiculous things sometimes in the collective. (laughs) I mean, over silly stuff. And it's all over the place this arguing over really silly stuff. And I think if we can resist the temptation to do that, we might find that there's more productive places to place our energy and focus, you know, that would actually reap some benefits for the planet and for future descendants. And that that requires us stepping out of this victimization. I remember when I went to um to study with Alberto Bialdo at the Forewinds Life Body School. I was sitting there. It was my first class, and I'm in a room of like probably 70 people who are all complete badasses. Like there's like molecular biologists and, you know, psychotherapists. And then there's me, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm mentally ill woman, you know, diagnosed and all of this kind of stuff. I was diagnosed on um, borderline personality at the time wow. and I was grappling with that, you know, and wanting to heal and wanting to use this energy medicine to heal myself and heal my family because I had done a lot of things acting out at the end of that relationship that I regretted and I wanted to heal myself and my family. And I'm sitting there and um, Alberto says to the whole room of like all these adults yeah, everybody in here has mommy daddy issues. And when you heal that you'll be an adult and then you'll be able to have a really good life. And I was like, (laughs) wow, I've got mommy daddy issues. Okay. I can't deny that. You know, I did have mommy daddy issues. I was angry with my mom. This is long before I wrote the love is first book. I was upset. I felt victimized by life. I felt victimized by my ex-husband. I, you know, I felt, I felt like a victim period. And so when we step out of that mommy daddy issues you know we heal the father wound we heal the mother wound we realize that all of that soul contract was for us to claim our sovereignty through whatever mix of conditions we were born into that we chose so that we can claim the gifts of our our souls curriculum and master what we came here to master And this is why I love the Gene Keys, Um, the Gene Keys by Richard Rudd is an adjunct to human design, but G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S such great um, material. It gives you a little map of your soul's curriculum, (laughs) and it looks something like mine is mastering judgment so I can be in integrity, mastering opinions so that I can practice omniscience, seeing that there's many facets to the diamond, you know, mastering stress so that I can be in stillness these are my soul's curriculum. And my, when I looked at my mother's chart and I saw provocation and struggle, I saw my mom in all the things I considered were toxic. Mm
0: -hmm. But when I looked
1: at the rest of her chart, I saw mediocrity and Mm -hmm. style. I saw she was helping me step out of being mediocre and into being my true authentic self, my expressed self. Oof. All she ever wanted for me was to to stand up and be myself and not just fall into all these conditioned Barbie patterns, but like actually be myself. Mm. And she was poking at me to get me out of those stuck places. Like, hey, wake <laughs> up. You're not being who I raised you to be. You're being something else. And I want you to wake up from it because you're going to waste your life in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um. When I could see that it really helped me claim that healing I was talking about with gratitude, not just forgiveness. Forgiveness still assumes something was done that was wrong, that you were wronged somehow, but you're gonna forgive it because you're a bigger person. <laughs> you know, that's that that's how a lot of people do forgiveness. But it's actually gratitude. Because mm-hmm. when you when you're grateful for what happened, like I learned so much from that. When you when I'm grateful for the mother I had. I don't need to forgive her. There's nothing to forgive. Mm -hmm. You gave me a service. You came in as my sole partner to get me out of those stuck places so I would be the leader I needed to be. You did that for me. You stood with me through the fire. You stood with me through my conditioning, through the culture I was born into. And you didn't let me fall asleep in that. You woke me up. Provoke, provoke, provoke. Stop that. Woke (laughs) me up. You know? (laughs) And here I am. Yeah! Wow. Grateful.
0: Wow. What? I'm just blown away. (laughs) Um, What are your five top tips for someone who's struggling to
1: rewrite their story? Yeah, the struggling to well, number one, you got to heal the mommy daddy wounds. (laughs) We just talked about that. (laughs) That's the biggest tip. Like you really have to stop blaming your parents um, and own the fact that you chose them as your parents, you chose the conditions of your life, you chose to come in as a soul. And and that's a shift in consciousness. That's just shift out of poor me human, temporary, stuck in a personality and a life that I didn't choose and it's terrible and it's heavy and it's awful and I was abused and the story, the whole story. And step flipping perspective and going, wait a second, I'm not a temporary human, I'm a soul having a human experience i'm a soul that chose this human experience i'm a soul that designed this human personality so that i could inhabit it i'm a soul that made some agreements with some other souls to have this life journey and to have a starting place in my mother's womb with the father that i incarnated with and that ancestral line on both sides i chose that i'm a soul who chose addiction i'm a soul who chose um, in I'm a soul who chose the war of the, of the roses between the men and the women. I'm a soul who chose to step out into the world at a time when women are supposed to be leaders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of those things. I'm a soul who chose to be molested as a baby. I'm a soul who chose to have a really scary first five years of my life. So my brain would be so messed up with fear. I'd have to find my way through the fear back to love. I'm a soul who chose a lifetime of mental illness. I'm a soul who chose to be a medicine woman. That's who I am. And that's the path I got to walk to get to be that medicine woman. So I could help a bunch of other people navigate their way through that maze. It's a shamanic journey. So change the story you're telling. The story you tell you go to the psychotherapist office week after week and tell the same sad story. I know I did that. It's okay. Forgive yourself. But now change the story. Like what pieces of the story can you change bit by bit by bit to change the outcome of your life? How could you reframe what happened to you in such a way as to empower yourself rather than make yourself into a victim? So that's the first. You got to change the story. You got to forgive mommy, daddy. That's number one. Number two is change the story. Number three, I guess, is own it like it's your journey you you created it for yourself so own it like a badass like yes i chose all this scary stuff in my life i chose that and own it really fully own it and the fourth thing i guess would be be gentle with yourself because being human is fragile and tender and vulnerable and man it can just open you up in so many ways a tender heart, be gentle with that heart. That heart deserves love and compassion. So be gentle with you. And I would say the fifth one is once you get all that for yourself, share it with others. Help others become liberated from this matrix of suffering that we have collectively created and now we're dismantling it piece by piece by piece so we can live authentic and true and free and create something completely different than what we've been experiencing the last several thousand years. The Piscean age has been such a great lesson, but now we're on to new lessons. The Aquarius age is offering us new potentials. So we want to harness those with both hands, like grab them, grab that bull by the horns. You know, we want to take it on. And we can't do that from a victimized place of the Piscean age expecting a rescuer to come and save us, you know, with like flowing robes and long hair. That's just first of all, that's not even what Jesus looks like, but okay. <laughs> we just we don't we don't need that. We're here to rescue ourselves. We're here to empower ourselves. We're here to cultivate deep inner medicine through our lives experiences and do it with support. Yes. Like Jesus cheering you on in the clouds, but like you're the one doing it. You're the one doing it. Stand up. Stand wow. up.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. I've just got one more last question for you. Um, what are you most grateful for?
1: What am I most grateful for? The journey.
0: Mm. I
1: would say being able to take the journey, which ultimately is the mystery. Because none of us really know how we're here. We don't really know for certain how we're living and breathing on this planet. We don't really know that. We have a lot of theories about it. But really it's a mystery. And so I'm grateful for the mystery teaching me about myself, giving me this opportunity to breathe, to experience life, to have this sense of living multiple lives, to have this sense of continuity and connectedness all the things that mystery brings me are miraculous and i'm really grateful to have been gifted these experiences and this sense of i this sense of awakeness the sense of being alive i'm grateful for it
0: Harry, thank you thank you so much for being on the show and just sharing your inner wisdom and truth and and showing that it's so possible to take your power back at any moment in time. I hope it touched people's hearts. Wow, what an amazing episode with Kerry. It's so important to trust the wisdom from within. And it's just so important to allow yourself to receive and be heard. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. If your current chapter isn't working for you, rewrite your story. That's a quote by Honour Your Essence. And also, if you are struggling with letting go of the past and want to transform your trauma and learn to trust yourself, visit my coaching programmes at www.gerdshundle.com and book in a call with me. Take care, my sisters. Bye. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching programme at GERDSHundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit.
1: lit.